Danny, I deeply believe that our bonus episodes should have a theme song. And so I've workshopped one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here it is. In a BP after dark. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the whole thing. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to harmonize for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got to make it a thing. So you're, but you're on board. I'm on board. Undoubtedly. I've had some wine, so there's very little I won't say yes to. (laughs) And I guess we should go ahead and say hello and welcome to Not Another Business Podcast After Dark, which is what we're calling our bonus episodes. I'm excited about this. I'm very excited. I think this is a genius idea. I would also like to take this opportunity to compliment myself on my foresight because two years ago Mm -hmm. I bought our family's matching pajama sets that's true to wear on our family vacation and what more perfect uniform is there for our NABP After Dark episodes I know for those of you watching and not just listening you will see our gorgeous matching navy blue polka dot uh, pajamas that yes Daniela picked out two years ago and now it's now it's a tradition now we get like a new pair of jammies every time we do a family vacay so that's exciting as well but I agree this is the perfect uniform for NABP after dark and for our bonus episodes which we are going to be dropping every month on Patreon for those of you who just can't get enough of me and Danny which I'm assuming which is, is all of you most of you right yeah it's, I, I mean <laughs> it's every human it's also the aliens yeah Right, the aliens we have discovered are now on Earth with us. You, too, soon will be subscribing to Not Another Business Podcast. Um, And so, you know, just so you know how this works, if you are interested, and again, we assume you are, um, you will go to patreon.com slash NABP if you'd like to subscribe. It's $5 a month, you know, so give up one coffee a month there you have it um but also if you don't want to subscribe and or you don't have an extra five bucks a month to spare no pressure we will still be here every single week in your ear bringing you free content but if you want the juicy after dark content you know you're gonna you're gonna need to subscribe for that with that being said, we are making our very first bonus episode available to all of you for free because we love you um, and because we want you to get a sense of what this is going to be. So, Danny, what the heck are we talking about tonight? And it is nighttime, by the way. It is nighttime. I've had wine. You've had alcohol. <laughs> We're in our PJs. We're ready to go. We're, We're ready, ready to discuss what I'm sure all of you have heard about. Mm-hmm. The shocking news that Lizzo is being sued by three of her former dancers for sexual harassment and creating a hostile work environment, among other allegations. And we just have to talk about it. We have to talk about this. Uh, This, I mean, you and I have been, we've been musing for a bit, like, when are we going to do our bonus episodes? What are they going to be like? What is is it going to be about? And when I saw this news, I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is is how we kick off. Because I just know we both have so many thoughts and I also know I feel like this is a really great intersection of what we kind of wanted our bonus episodes to be which was yeah it's still gonna have some businessy stuff and you know legally type stuff but also gossip you know I I really the gossip is really what we're here for Mm -hmm. um and so I feel like it's like the Lord dropped this into our lap at the exact right moment 
Um, and I'm just so excited to talk, to talk about it with you because I, I have so many thoughts. They've got to get out of my brain now. They've yeah. got to get out of my yeah. brain. Yeah. This is the universe saying it, it's time. It's time. Let's let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. So we're going to do it. We're going to dive into all of the juicy details right after a new segment that I am dubbing Thirsty Thursdays. Okay, so KJ, <laughs> you've come up with a new segment that I don't know anything about. Would you like to fill us in? I would. So here's the thing. As you guys know, as our listeners know, we typically do flashback Fridays, but our bonus episodes are dropping on Thursdays. So I thought it might be fun to, you know, hit you with a new segment. So this is what it's going to be. I am going to read you a headline and you are going to fill in the blank of that headline. And if you can fill in the blank, I drink. And if you can't, you drink. So basically, it's just a drinking game because why not? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, oh, God. So much anxiety. Okay. <laughs> I will say I've seen, I've fallen in love with this um, TikTok series where it's this young, young woman. I think her name is Matt. Mad Mitch. That can't be right. Anyway, she just is one of the she's she puts her head in front of a uh, iPhone note mm-hmm. and she has a list of things that are. Not oh, I know business. who you're talking about. I love her. Yes, I love I, her. I love her. I love her. <laughs> and I just sent to one of my best friends one of her lists. The last thing was clammy hands. She's like, clammy hands. None of my business. I cannot control my bodily response to anxiety and stress. So clammy hands, it's not my problem. And that is what I feel right now as you are proposing a new segment that I feel like will show how much I know about what's happening in the world or how little I know about what's happening in the world, but it's okay. My clammy hands right now are none of my business. So let's go. Don't worry. I've baked in a few that I feel like are, are going to be layups. However, I will say just about okay, this. So you just made it even worse <laughs> yeah, when, I I don't, when I can't pull them out. Great. That's, true. That's Great. true. But I will just say about this woman whose name we, we're not sure if it's Mad Mitch or something else. Um, she did a video that made me think of you because I don't know if you saw the one she did where she was like things that s- randomly slap, like just slap for yes. no reason. Yes. yes. And her uh-huh. first her first one was LMNOP. And yes, I, re- I saw that. Yes. She's you like, this is what made me want to be literate. Yes. Yes. You and I have had that conversation because yes. for anyone out there who doesn't have like a toddler. I one day reached out to Danny because I found out that people are trying to switch up the alphabet and like make that part of the song not so fast so that, you know, little kids can hear each letter. Because, you know, right now it's L-M-N-O-P, you know, you you run it together. So there are all these renditions now of the alphabet where it's like L-M-N, right? And I remember I mentioned that to you and you were like, but that was the best part of the song. Like that that was this part of the song that had a little flavor. And I was like, yeah. And that it made was me like think a of, one part with syncopation, you yeah, know? Exactly. And that's what this, you know, this creator said. She was like, yo, that part slaps. LMNOP every time. So she's anyway, very funny. she's hilarious. Um, okay, but back to this. All right. So look, I, I, I have faith in you. Okay. 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 Here we go. Here's the first headline. Overstock.com recently changed its name to... Bed Bath and Beyond. That is correct. You nailed it. So I will take a drink. Cheers to you. 
Well, okay. I only know that because you texted me that this yeah. morning. I know. So See, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. You're welcome. I wanted yeah. to start off. It's a laugh because we're cheating. <laughs> Perfect. It's my favorite kind of game. Um, okay. All right. Next. Number two. Twitter recently changed its name to? X. That is correct. Look at you. Look at you. Okay. Two for two. Yep. I feel like yep. you should feel good about this. And now, and now I'm drinking. I do. I do feel good. And apparently the Apple Apple was like rejecting changing the name of the app because apparently they have a rule that says your app name can't be one letter. Oh, yes. hundred percent. It's oh, it's not going well. A- Apple has rejected them. Facebook owns the trade book or the trademarks. Okay. And um, <laughs> and I think they don't even own the handle at X on Twitter like some that. some rando does so yes it's not going well but like neither has literally anything else elon right. has attempted so um okay now fill in the blank on this <clears throat> tiny homes could be the answer to america's blank renter problem <laughs> housing shortage Crisis. is what we shortage. were going okay yeah. sure 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 that makes sense that makes uh-huh. sense okay, uh-huh. okay. Yep. It's, so well, i mean it's not unrelated right. you're you're in the ballpark okay. but i'm you're still gonna have to drink on that one okay, um, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um and this news is coming from business insider they are saying as tiny homes become more popular they're being touted as a way to solve homelessness mitigate the housing shortage and build side hustle income so tiny homes are sweeping the nation that makes sense that makes sense that's a bigger crisis to solve yeah homelessness yeah okay yeah um all right so this next one is which of the top three consultant firms i'm already narrowing it down for you which of the top three consultant firms did facebook hire prior to announcing their major layoffs and their year of efficiency McKinsey? That's incorrect. Oh, no. It was Bain. It was Bain. Bain. Okay. I don't even... What are the top three? The top three are McKinsey, Bain, Bain and BCG. BCG. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you shouting out Deloitte as my, uh, you know, my alma mater, but no, we are not. Mm -hmm. Uh, We like to think that we are part of the top four, um, but but no one calls it that. No. Okay. Got it. Everyone calls it the big three. That's fine. Um, But yes, this is news that came out this week that before Zuck embarked on his year of efficiency and started laying off everyone and stopped spending, you know, stupid amounts of money on Metaverse, he brought in Bain and to do like a cost analysis. And basically Bain was like, yo, you got to cut. You got to make these cuts. Mm. This does not make sense. And that's generally what consulting firms do, at least based on my experience. You you worked at one of these, the top mm-hmm. four, okay? Yes. And, <laughs> you know, how much do you feel like bringing a company like Meta, which is massive and has a lot of smart talent mm-hmm. within its own ranks, mm-hmm. like how much is bringing in an outside firm a need to just create documentation to then protect against like legal risk when you take an action like some massive reduction in force versus actually bringing in a fresh perspective or, you know, someone that like sees the market in a way that you don't because they have other clients, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's really going to bring something like innovative that you haven't thought of. Yeah, I used I, I, I used to ponder this. And by the way, like a number of my friends have now stayed at these big three mm-hmm. firms and become partners. So you're conflicted in this answer. Well, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think I'm, I don't 
think I'm conflicted because I, I give them my very real opinions all the time. They know why I got out of consulting, which was I didn't feel like the work I was doing was meaningful um, because I think a lot of the times you are being brought in just to cut jobs or just to cut costs or just to tell executives what they already know, but they yeah. do want, they want to hear it from someone else, right? It's almost like, and, and that part at least I can understand. I right. can understand being like, we know we need to make change, but it would just feel better if someone sort of handheld us through these like right. somewhat radical changes. I get that. It's the same reason Kadar and I brought in a sleep coach when we had to sleep train Kayla, right? Like we didn't, we didn't need someone to tell us like, you're going to have to let her cry, right? We didn't need someone to say that, but we kind of did need someone to say that, right? Like we just kind of did. So I get it. Like sometimes when you have to do something that's painful, you need to be handheld. And a lot of times that's what consultants come in and do. But for me, that work felt not meaningful, which is why I left after two years. And that's no shade to Deloitte because I actually thought Deloitte was a, a great place to work. I just, the work itself was not for me. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Also, great analogy. Hmm, thank you. Um, okay. I've got one more for you. Uh, and what is it? <laughs> No, I don't have one more for you. That was it. I thought I had a fifth Aww. one. I know. I really thought I did. But I don't. I didn't write down a fifth one. So you got two right and you got two wrong. How do you feel about that? Fine. <laughs> it is clearly the end of the day. I feel fine about it too. Okay, KJ, let's do this. Are we still breaking down the facts and then moving into speculation or what's the setup? Yeah, so I figured we'd probably just kind of bleed them together, you know, mm -hmm. throughout the convo. I feel like, you know, NABP after dark is where we let go, right? We let our hair down. We let it all hang out. So I, I will still start by giving you like a basic overview of the lawsuit um, that's been brought against Lizzo, but then we'll just sort of take it from there does right. that sound just, it just becomes unhinged Un <laughs> yeah <laughs> who the hell knows okay yeah. um all right but let's 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 start with this lawsuit so first of all the lawsuit was brought not just against lizzo but also against her production company big girl big touring inc and her dance captain Shirlene quigley okay now within the lawsuit there are nine different claims and not all of the defendants are named within each claim right mm -hmm. so there are some where they're singling out just Lizzo and her dance captain some where they're talk singling out just the production company so on so forth okay now these are the nine claims <clears throat> one hostile work environment two failure to prevent or remedy a hostile work environment three religious harassment four failure to prevent or remedy religious harassment five, racial harassment, six, disability discrimination, seven, intentional interference with prospective economic advantage, eight, assault, nine, false imprisonment. Can I just say, normally when I prep for these episodes, I will read like five different articles on the main topic. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the way I internalize the fact is by reading, you know, five different framing of it, but mm -hmm. framings of the issue. Mm -hmm. But everyone is kind of 
talking about the same facts, you know? So I'm just like hearing the same thing in different ways or reading the same thing in different ways. And by the Mm -hmm. end, I'm like, okay, like I got it. For this episode, I read, you know, let's say five different articles. And I just feel like there were so many different allegations to be focused on. (laughs) Yeah. That I was like, wait a second. I haven't. Like, not every article covered the same two, no. three bad things. Like, there were so many that each article read a little differently. I was like, this is this is insane. I 100,000% agree. And not only did every article cover different aspects, and I think it's because there are nine claims, and, and under each claim are different allegations. Um, but also, every TikTok video I saw had like different aspects like and so I I just yeah it felt like an avalanche of information Um, and I still know I haven't seen it all I haven't read it all so we're going to be hitting you with you know our imperfect information Um, but I have read and watched a lot I've consumed a lot of information so I I feel prepared to give at least a take will it be the right take we don't know but I will give a take um (laughs) now um let me just say um that there are three plaintiffs three of Lizzo's dancers two of those plaintiffs Ariana Davis and Crystal Williams were contestants and subsequent winners of Lizzo's Emmy winning dance contest show watch out for the big girls which by the way Mm -hmm. did you watch that show I didn't. And I can't say why. I feel like there was a lull in my TV watching because of Asher's lack of sleep. This would have been on the list of repertoire, like in the list if I yeah. uh, had a normal, normal life the past, you know, year or two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was intrigued, but I didn't watch yeah. it. How about you? Yeah, I was intrigued as well. I did watch the first episode. Um, and I did not continue. I didn't think it was bad. It just wasn't really my vibe. I sort of felt like after the first episode, I got where it was going. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all like, you know, good enough dancers and she's going to choose one of you. But it didn't feel like I was going to get like drama and intrigue and the things that like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for in a show, particularly a reality TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, I did not keep up with it, but it is worth noting that two of these women did come as content- contestants from that show. And that show did win an Emmy. Um, and are some of the allegations based on events that occurred during filming of the show? Or is all of it from the dancers' like careers with Lizzo after the show? Yes. Yeah, so this is one of those sort of late videos that I saw sort of later in my research. They do note in the lawsuit that they were, their words, you know, quote unquote, forced to participate in a nude photo shoot on the show and you can go and watch it you can go watch that episode where they all do a nude photo shoot now the clips that I saw of that particular episode forced feels strong it definitely seems like look it's kind of like I don't know did you ever watch top model with with Tyra Banks yes of course of course right okay it was a moment it was a moment um And it was like that, like sort of like every episode has a new challenge and like you've signed up to be a contestant on this episode. And I like I feel like one of the most iconic episodes was like they had to um, shoot in a salad bowl, (laughs) which is so Tyra Banks. It's so so Tyra Banks. Like, what are you doing in this, you know, Caesar salad? But anyway, um, and and a lot of women on that show. But but, you know, to be fair, a lot of people have now come out and said that that show was very toxic, like a very toxic yes. workplace. Yeah. Um, but but the nude photo shoot episode to me read a little bit like that. Like you might be uncomfortable, but like they're not necessarily forcing you. They're just saying, like, if you want to stay in this 
contest, this is what you do. If you don't, if you don't want to do it, you can always quit the show. You can always quit the contest. So forced. I, I, I mean, I don't know. But well, this it was what, edited, right? But and but and well, and this is what we're going to get into. Like, what is what is forced? What is harassment? What is abuse? And so what they is, were like, employees of the production company when they were on that contest, right? Presumably, correct. Otherwise, yes. there wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. but but also presumably at will employees, right? Like, not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like. Yeah, I'm just making just making sure, just making mm-hmm. sure this all tracks because yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like you know whatever we'll get into it. But I do wonder how much is in here just because even if there's no legally cognizable claim, it's just a really bad fact given what yes. Lizzo stands for. Yes, and so how much of is it is, is in here just to like put out bad facts so that Lizzo will settle more quickly? Yes. and so that's why I'm like I'm wondering, you know, okay, is there, you know, what components of this are actually something where like you know you you can't do have a do have standing to sue and you know right. are likely to be able to prove the allegations and given the way the law you know works and are likely to be able to prove damages you know 100,000%. I mean I you know as you said we'll get into it. There's so much here in this lawsuit and so much about what these women are saying to the press cuz I mean they went to the press post haste I feel like right. they sent this lawsuit to the press before they sent it to the court like honestly they, they it it feels like it feels like they are very much their their lawyer whomever um are are trying to get a, a settlement and so putting as many bad facts lascivious facts like l- l- what's the word late loquacious that's not what i'm looking for no. but like uh-huh. let's mm. i think mm, you know what i'm trying to say but the point is they're trying to put like as many bad facts out there as Lissatious. possible there yeah is that it lasacious lasacious yeah okay yeah. i cannot spell it for you but i'm pretty sure that's right. the word <laughs> <laughs> um i just feel like and and a lot of these facts look they don't look good but a lot of them also again kind of feel like they can go both ways i look at this nude photo shoot episode because i did watch a clip of it pretty long clip actually on tiktok i don't know if tiktok really is going to keep getting away with these 10 minute videos but anyway (laughs) um uh lizzo says because someone in the episode is crying because she's so like fearful of like posing nude she's fearful for what it's going to do for her in her future career she's like i might not end up being chosen as lizzo's dancer but this picture of me nude might be on the internet forever like and i you know Mm. i have to live a life like obviously that's a very real and legitimate fear but then lizzo's response is basically like um part of what has helped me grow in my confidence and my self-love and my like accepting of my body is like accepting it in every form new putting it out there being bold you know and that to me also feels like like I get that I get that she's saying like look as fat women we are told we don't get to be sexy we don't get to pose nude we don't and and I'm I have found my liberation in in like rejecting all of that and doing the thing that people think I'm not supposed to do. So I can very much see how from her perspective, she's doing something liberating and empowering. And from someone else's perspective, she's doing something that is making that feels hostile, right? Like it is just, I can see, I can see both sides. It's very interesting. That's why this, that's why this lawsuit is very interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's interesting because the way you settle this, I mean, not necessarily this particular thing, but the question is like, what would a reasonable person Mm -hmm. believe, you know? Because you could be a man in the workplace who's like, I just want to compliment 
my female employees asses all day long because I just think that when they feel like I love their butts they can do anything because in my life when my mom told me my ass looked tight I was so motivated you know I mean it just like does it right it can't right. be about well, it can't be about what the individual person thinks it's got to be reasonable standard reasonable person standard I agree, but then again, if it's a contest and you've volunteered to be in this contest, like you don't, no one's putting a gun to your head and making you be here. You could always opt out. So anyway, let's, let's get to some of the specifics of the lawsuit. Okay. Let's get, let's get to some of the the tidbits. Now, um, I will start with the charge regarding sexual harassment, Um, or actually, no, I'll start with the hostile work environment, right? Because that's number one, hostile work environment and failure to prevent, um, a hostile work environment. So a number of things are alleged in the suit that they sort of present as evidence of this. Um, most notably to me was a specific trip in April of this year to an Amsterdam strip club. Uh, the club is called Bananen Bar. And it Mm -hmm. happened after a performance in Amsterdam. Now, the suit states that Lizzo's after parties were routine and non-mandatory, but alleges that those who attended were favored by the singer and had greater job security, right? And I think, like, obviously the reason it's alleging that is because they they wanted to be clear, like... There, there kind of was an expectation that you go. Like, even if it wasn't explicitly stated, you have to be at the after parties. The suit is clearly trying to state, like, that was the expectation. And if you didn't do it, you'd suffer in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Now, at the club in April, this is according to the lawsuit, Lizzo allegedly began inviting cast members to take turns touching the nude performers catching dildos launched from the performer's vaginas. By the way, this isn't a BP after dark. I just would like to state that again. <laughs> we're going we're going in here. Um, and eating bananas protruding from the performer's vaginas. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> then Lizzo apparently during the course of this night turned her attention to Ms. Davis, one of the plaintiffs, and began pressuring Ms. Davis to touch the breasts of one of the nude women. Now, according to the suit, Davis declined. Lizzo kept sort of like goading her to do so. After she declined many times, she finally acquiesced because the, you know, Lizzo was chanting, the rest of the dancers were chanting, the chanting was growing like louder and louder. Finally, she acquiesced, touched the performer's breasts, and then the group burst into laughter. Oh, Um, my God. Yes. And then apparently later, Lizzo pressed a member of her security staff to get on stage and began yelling, take it off. So. This is one of a number of, you know, examples that the suit points to that created a hostile work environment. I want to pause here before we even get into all the rest, because I just want to know your thoughts. Just just like just on this incident, like what are your takeaways? I mean, to me, this is so egregious. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Don't. Go with your coworkers to a strip club. Don't. Don't go there. 
Like, but and don't don't invite your employees there. Yeah. Like, do not be a boss telling your employees to come to a strip club. It's just how do you make sense of that? How do you? It blew my mind. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I just wonder if she just has terrible judgment because she doesn't think of herself as like an employer per se because maybe the performer-dancer dynamic is like different from your traditional, you know, corporate CEO employee dynamic. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. it's not that different in regards to the law. So just don't do it, (laughs) you know. I will say to the point like, other than just the immediate reaction of this is horrible. I think the point you raised about them um, suggesting in the lawsuit that this was like a repetitive thing going to strip clubs, one of the requirements for a hostile work environment, like to prove that claim, as I mentioned earlier, is that like the harassment, underlying harassment needs to be both severe and pervasive, which means that it has to occur with some kind of frequency. It can't be mm-hmm. like an isolated incident, right? So these things about like, touching and forcing touching of the woman's breast or like eating eating dildos eating bananas like whatever that is i think the point in in bringing up that that these trips to this strip club were frequent was to set the stage for a claim that this is the offensive behavior was pervasive yeah you know and that like these incidents are just examples of of the bad conduct but this is my question for you from a legal perspective and i do want to comment on the employer friend thing because i think that is like just in uh, so important here but my question for you from a legal perspective is how do you prove that what they're saying about like it being the expectation that you attend how do you prove that that's true Right, because if by their own admission, these were non-mandatory events, after parties were non-mandatory events, right? Like at, at nowhere was it stated you have to be there explicitly. Yeah. However, they're saying people who did attend were treated more favorably and had better job security. So how do I prove that? Like to me, the only way to prove that there's better job security is if like a bunch of dancers who didn't go got fired. Well, I right? think that's like, exactly right. I think you need to show, you need to be able to show on some level, like concrete, disparate treatment. That mm-hmm. could be firing. That could be, you know, the dancers who always went to the strip club were in the front of the line, in the front of the formation. And the dancers who, you know, mm-hmm. didn't go to the strip club were, you know, at the bottom of the period pyramid holding people up or at the back <laughs> and like weren't getting, you know, weren't getting the same. Right. Um, uh, same visibility or you know the dancers who went to the strip club were used more frequently in performances that required fewer performers or whatever mm-hmm. it is like mm-hmm. I think you do need to show some kind of pattern of disparate treatment over time yeah and that to me feels like might be difficult unless there is like very identifiable provable evidence yeah. of that that feels like it could be difficult because to me it seems like something like that could also be very easily something that just is perceived right like definitely I'm, I'm i'm perceiving that i am being treated differently but i can't actually point to me being paid less me never getting to be at the front of the you know right. the dance crew or you know all of these things like i, right. I maybe i or can feel it but can't longer I? for rehearsal right or something yeah or being i mean sp- yeah i think alternatively they could also they could you could also theoretically point to like comments that were made disparaging comments that were made that like indicate the employer's 
mindset, you know, um, Mm -hmm. with respect to you, but... Well, but then in that instance, like, are you being spoken to more disparagingly because you didn't go to the club or because you're not dancing as well? Right. Like if like if I put my if I put myself in the shoes of the employer, I'm going to be like, no, every time that I spoke to you and with a critique, it was because you were underperforming. And that's what yeah. I'm supposed to do, right? Like, it wasn't because you didn't go to the club last night. No, so it's hard it's to like, prove. Right, it's hard, yeah. It's really hard to prove. I was talking about this with um, with my husband, Tom, who you know is an employment lawyer, mm-hmm. um, about, you know, just how difficult it can be in one of, in, a, in an employment environment like this where it's art, you know, where, like, the work product is art and it's mm-hmm. less objective and like, you know, how easy is it for you to say, you know, the reason why I critiqued your weight is because you're not dancing the way I want you to dance, not because of your weight, you know? Right, right, right. And, and, and just like other contexts, like in, in when we talked about casting for, for a funny girl, right? And like, how easy is it for someone to allege you didn't cast me because I you know, didn't look a certain way or whatever versus, like, my acting skills. And I, and his response was like, yeah, that's why you don't see a lot of these losses, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. It's because it is hard to prove. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, the fear of being blacklisted, too, must be so strong. Ugh, must be so strong. And you're a plus-size dancer, yeah. so that your opportunities are – you know, just more limited. They just are. That's a fact. Like I, I can name very few shows that I've gone to see where I've seen a plethora of plus size dancers. Right. So you already are going in knowing that your opportunities are more limited and you don't want to be blacklisted and you're so grateful that you got this opportunity. Yeah. It's, 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 um, I imagine that it is really tough to even think about bringing this sort of suit and tough to prove some of these allegations. I do want to get back to what you said about this this friendship piece, and I actually I, I made a TikTok about this, and it and it and it blew up honestly. Like for, for me, let's be clear for me. Okay, <laughs> let's be, let's be clear. Um, you know, I think I, I made it in the morning, and by the afternoon, it had maybe like thirty thousand views or something, right? Oh wow, that is wow. That's and cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for me again, okay. uh, and I. Um, and what I said was, to me, this part, there are a lot of allegations made that we're going to get into. This part read as, it kind of reminded me of Try Guys mm. and and our, um, one of our conclusions, which was CEOs, executives, we should not be friends with our employees. It does not end well. It is not a good look. And I felt like this to me read as something where Lizzo was treating these women the way she would treat her friends. I have no doubt that when Lizzo goes to the strip club with her friends, she's egging them on, you know, you know, do this, do that, touch her, touch him, get on stage, take it off. I have no doubt that that's what she's doing and that and that everyone is happy about it because you're friends. Right. Like that doesn't feel like harassment. That doesn't feel like you're like unduly pressuring me. That just feels like we're having a good time. We're drunk at the club. But when you are my employer, like it takes on a completely different connotation. And I think like in the entertainment industry, probably in a lot of creative industries, those lines blur even more easily because these people are together 24 seven. You're on tour buses together. You're in hotels together. Like you're living with one another. 
I, I have no doubt that those lines get blurred more easily, but like that's even more of a reason to keep your boundaries that much clearer because this stuff, it just, I've seen it go poorly so many times. And that, and for me, that was my immediate takeaway when I read this allegation, like, oh girl, I've been there. I get it. Like when, when you're out having drinks, it feels like we're all just friends, but that's not how they're thinking about it. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. The power dynamic, like you have to acknowledge that, right? And you have to understand that people are not going to show you their discomfort readily yeah. because of that dynamic. So you're not going to be, you might, and I think that's where some people get tripped up. It's like, well, I'm empathetic. Like I'm going to be able to know when I'm making someone uncomfortable. You know, I'm going to be able to adjust and respond. And like, that's just not true because people yeah. are not going to show you in the moment exactly how uncomfortable they are Yeah. because they have, they, you know, there's a, there's that dynamic that makes people suppress their concerns. Yeah. And so just, just don't go there. It's not yeah. worth it. It's, it's not. not worth, like you want work to be fun? Like, no, get your fun somewhere else. Yeah. You know? <laughs> get it somewhere else. It. It's just such a slippery slope. I actually, I'm going to share a very personal anecdote here mm-hmm. and I'm just going to hope I don't regret sharing it. Um, but you well, know, it's, you in know, a, it's an ABP after dark. That's true. Maybe <laughs> if I decide later that I regret it, I'll edit it out. Um, but I, but I will share it to make the point. So I, it was 20, call it 19, maybe 2018. And my, and my team, um, uh, we went on retreats every year. And, uh, and so we went on a retreat and, uh, in upstate New York, like a skiing retreat. And, uh, and it was just Friday to Sunday. So that Saturday, Saturday was supposed to be the like ski, the big ski day. Right. But it was like raining and sleeting. No one could ski. So what did we do? We drank. There was nothing else to do. We were in upstate New York, nothing to do. So we stayed in our little house that we had gotten and we drank. We drank. We played board games, like had fun. And then like, like later in the evening, it started to clear up. So we went to a nearby winery. What do we do with the winery? We drink. Okay. That was, Mm. and that was everybody, right? Some people drink more than others. Some people drink less than others, but that's literally, that was the whole day. And I was one of these people drinking. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now (laughs) I find out later, now later, like uh, maybe a month or two months later, we do our performance reviews, including our 360 reviews. And I, you know, I've always given my team the opportunity to review me. I hear from my because my investors do the reviews they like sit down with the team that like one of the critiques is kj was like visibly drunk and when i hear that like my heart drops because i'm like oh my god like what did i do like did i like because i wasn't you know i didn't i wasn't blackout drunk but obviously you know when you're drunk you're like maybe you say something and you're you, you whatever right and and so i was speaking with my investor and she was like um, yeah, it came up from someone that, you know, you were drunk on the retreat. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God, like, what did I do? What did I say? And she's like, no, you didn't you didn't you didn't say anything. You didn't do anything like inappropriate. It's just that you were like drunk and they could tell. And I was like, well, yeah, because because I was drinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 I'm right, like, right. yeah, no. I, yeah. 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 I was drunk. Like we like m- like most of us were drunk. We were drinking. And she was like, yeah, but like they could tell you were drunk. And I was like, right. Right, yeah, because I wasn't, you know, like, just like, what are we saying? <laughs> like, we like, yeah. What so- are we saying here? And then it like clicked for me, like, just that, just that, 
not like I didn't I didn't say anything abusive or, or mean to anyone. Right. I didn't tell anyone to, you know, eat a dildo protruding from a vagina. I literally just was drunk and that was enough for someone on the team to feel uncomfortable because I'm the CEO. I'm the person in charge. I'm the person who's like supposed to have it together and I'm drunk. And that is enough for someone to raise in a review like mm. <sighs> Right. Just that. Not because I then did something wrong, Mm -hmm. just that I was drunk. And when I tell you from that moment on, when I go out with my team and have drinks, I will let myself have two drinks. And then I'm like, I'm out. Y'all stay out. Y'all have a good time. Do what you right. And and I leave because I I won't make that mistake again. And I and and I didn't even do anything. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, but even that I get like. That, that like like that for some people like even that feels like a line they don't want crossed they don't want they don't want to see the ceo drunk right they don't want to see like you having your fourth or fifth drink like they want to know like if shit pops off right now you are gonna have it together right <laughs> like right. and i you know it was a lesson i had to learn the hard way and thank god I, I wasn't doing all the shenanigans that are being described in this lawsuit here but like it was a very real lesson for me and I took it to heart, right? And now you will be hard pressed to find one of my employees who said they have, they have seen me drunk. They have not, okay? So <laughs> it just, but it was, it, it was a lesson I had to learn. So now I get it. So to now be reading this and thinking like, ooh, you were doing this? Like I won't even yeah. let myself have a third drink in front of my employees right. and you're, t- so yeah, it is. It's a tough lesson, but for a lot of people, it's a lesson you only learn the hard way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, I get that. I think what people, and I'm curious how people responded to the TikTok in comments, whether people like agreed or disagreed. I know when you made a TikTok for the Try Guys um, episode, people were like, you just don't know how to be CEO and friends mm-hmm, at the same time, mm-hmm. which yeah. I disagree with. I think like people mistake the distinction you're making about you know, don't look for your friendships and your coworkers for saying, you know, don't care about your employees as people. And like those two things are different. Right. Totally. And actually, I was surprised the vast majority of the comments this time have been extremely supportive and people being like, I completely agree. Like, I don't want I don't want my boss to be my friend. That's not what I'm looking for. Like I have friends. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I want my boss to be competent and to be doing what needs to be done. Like I really am not looking for those those blurred lines. And and now I'm very very adamant about it and it just sort of this part at least of the lawsuit to me read like a CEO because you know in many ways Lizzo is a CEO. She's running a business, she's running a team who has not learned that lesson and it's a hard lesson to learn but most people I know they only got to learn it once you know like (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty bad way for her to learn it I know truly truly um okay anything else we want to say about this strip club example before we move on to some of these other allegations here let's get into the other stuff Okay. All right. So keeping on this theme of a hostile work environment, um, they also, the suit also alleges um, another, a, a number of examples about a sexually charged environment. And this is where Lizzo's dance captain, Shirley Quigley, gets name checked, right? Um, so the suit accuses her of sharing lewd sexual fantasies, including, again, this is in ABP after dark, you know, make sure the kids are out the room, including 
um, sharing her ultimate fantasy of having 10 different penises in her face simultaneously. Um, she also apparently had a party trick that she loved to perform, I guess at odd occasions where she would simulate oral sex on a banana. Um, and not only that, if that weren't enough, apparently at some point she found out that one of the plaintiffs, Ariana Davis was a virgin and she would repeatedly bring this fact up in like meetings and rehearsals and just sort of like all the time, which obviously made Davis extremely uncomfortable. So again, I just want to pause here and get your take on, you know, whether these things rise to the level of a hostile work environment in your mind as, you know, as our legal expert. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that I think you got you have like the offensive nature. Like yeah. I think I think it's pretty severe if she did repeatedly talk about her, these fantasies and repeatedly bring up this person's virginity, you know, then you would have the pervasiveness. You need underlying harassment, which needs to be tied to a protective class. So what these plaintiffs need to show, what Ariana Davis needs to show is that like the raising her virginity was somehow tied to like sex, sexual orientation, you know, one of those protected classes. I don't think it would be that hard, but um, it's not as obvious as, you know, something that's like overtly female, like mm-hmm. virginity, either, either gender or non-gendered people mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. virgins. Right. Um, I do think it, she probably needs to show that like it was a big deal because virginity is often tied to purity, which is often like a virtue of women or something like that. Right. She needs to tie it to a protected class to be able Mm -hmm. to check off the underlying harassment piece. And my question with this one was if the way she found out was because um, Ariana Davis like said it out loud to the full group of people, you know, for whatever reason, they were talking about sex, I don't know. But she she submits that information willingly to everyone. And then Shirlene, you know, repeats it, brings it up multiple times. Does the fact that it was brought up willingly make it potentially less offensive for Shirlene to keep bringing it up? I mean... I could see like a defense attorney arguing like this clearly wasn't that offensive to you. Like you talked about it happily, you know, right. um, like that's yeah, that's probably like an argument that a defense attorney would make. Um, but again, this is all a reasonable person standard, I think, like to talk about someone's virginity repeatedly in a work environment, like in just on some intuitive level doesn't feel appropriate. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay, but now this brings up another question I have, which is, in a setting like this, a a tour, some amount of your time is considered downtime, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is considered not work time. You're not on the clock 24 hours a day. So even if we're together, right, we can be together off the clock. So... Could Shirlene quickly say, you know, these instances where I was pretending to fillet a banana, were those, <laughs> those all happened 
after 10 p.m., after rehearsal. We were together because, like, we have to be together all the time, but we weren't on the clock. Like, is that also a a potential defense because I do feel like I'm not trying I feel like everything I'm saying it sounds like I'm trying to like defend Lizzo and her team it's more that I'm really trying to understand understand it yeah right and and I feel like it like you do have to be able to have some downtime you do have to be able to have when you are with your employees 24 hours a day there has to be some separation of like yes but we're not on the clock 24 hours a day or, or maybe not is there not you know I'm not I'm not sure so I'm just gonna say I don't know the answer to this okay uh, this is just gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be me spitballing here I don't know I know like in I don't think you're you, you're you're not you're not no longer in an employment relationship just because it's an hour that's like not paid for or something, right? Like ultimately, right, right, you right, are right. in a location because your employer requires you to be there. Right, right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Like I'm and still... certainly, yeah. Like certainly from my own experience, some of which is unfortunate. Like I have had incidents that have occurred outside at like a holiday party impact you know what has happened to employees yeah during for, in their day job you know and like yeah. i think we hear about that all the time so mm-hmm. i i don't yeah i don't i can't tell you like the the interpretation from case law that like makes this so but i i don't think you get an out just because right. maybe this was an unpaid hour Right. No, that makes sense because like the relationship is still there. Even if like we're not on the clock, like you're still my boss, whether it's 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. Like it's not like I get to be like a 9 p.m. You're not my boss. <laughs> right. Like. Right. So that. And no that matter makes what, sense. I think these these plaintiff's attorneys are going to be alleging that it all gets tied together. All the lines are blurred. Right. Like all of this behavior that that occurred outside like impacted the overall employment relationship and they're probably going to show that by theoretically tying like the treatment of these people you know in during the hours that were clearly working hours yeah okay all right that makes sense to me um okay so now i do want to just bring up one more claim here that i think kind of falls under hostile work environment. I'm not entirely sure, but this is what a lot of the headlines have been picking up, and that is the claim of fat shaming. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this is uh, a quote from NBC. When one of the plaintiffs gained weight, the suit accuses Lizzo of calling attention to the dancer's weight after an appearance at South by Southwest Music Festival. The singer and her choreographer later told the dancer, Ariana Davis, that she seemed less committed, in quotes, to her role, a comment the suit describes as a thinly veiled concern about Davis's weight. Now, Again, I think maybe this falls under the hostile work environment claim. Maybe it falls under the disability discrimination claim. I'm not quite sure. But this is certainly a piece of information that all of the headlines are picking up because obviously Lizzo is very famously, you know, body positive, like standing up for fat black women, fat women, fat people, um, and standing up against body shaming and fat phobia. Um, She's very famous for that. And so I think like that's why everyone ran with this headline um, because it feels extremely hypocritical. That said, I will just say when I read this quote, because this is the quote that's been used in every article, this idea of her seeming, quote unquote, less committed to her role and that being a thinly veiled comment about her weight. 
I that felt like a stretch to me. I want to know what you thought because to me that felt like a stretch. Like like it, like it maybe it wouldn't be a stretch if she had been making comments for many many weeks, but this is the quote. This is the pull quote. Right? Mm. Quote unquote less committed. How we're getting from that to uh, to fat shaming is confusing to me, but I want to know your take. Well, first I'll say I, I do think this is the disability discrimination claim coming in in California, which is um, I, I'm assuming the law that's being applied here in addition to probably federal law. Um, if you can show that like obesity or being overweight is tied to something genetic, then you can make an argument that to the extent you have have um, been treated unfairly due to your weight, that that is disability discrimination. So I think that is where it's coming in. Um mm-hmm. It might also tie to hostile work environment to the extent, again, comments like this were severe and pervasive. Um, mm-hmm. But to your point, if this is the only one time that a comment was made, um, and this is the extent of it, I think it would be hard to tie this to hostile work environment. Um, I don't know. I think, so this is it. She just said, you seem less committed. Yeah. After what uh, Davis alleges, you know, she alleges she was feeling like judged essentially for putting on weight and being treated differently but from what I saw and I didn't actually like go and pull the legal documents okay so I'm Mm. like let me admit that but I did read many articles and this is the only pull quote I saw was her seeming quote-unquote less committed to her role and her interpretation that that meant you know that they were concerned about her weight and I that just feels like kind of a leap to me I mean, it is not hard at all for me to believe that a statement like that means you've gained weight in like the ballet world, for example, mm-hmm. you know, like I could mm-hmm. easily see and I'm sure we've heard of, mm-hmm. you know, ballet directors, choreographers, whatever, saying like, you don't seem like your heart is in this yeah, because they gained a pound, you know, like right, I've heard right. that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think without additional facts that would point to like how we know this was about weight it would it would be hard um Mm -hmm. to connect to connect those two things it just seems like very easily defensible for lizzo to say like are you kidding like this is what i'm all about i was just talking about how like you weren't you weren't hitting the downbeat that hard you know like (laughs) whatever it was you know yeah um yeah, but I, th- th- this is where this is where I think the idea of putting in a claim that might not have any legs but does have a huge impact on the media yes. comes to the fore because yes. this is what is so devastating. Right. And people are, to me, seem so ready to like throw the baby out with the bathwater. I just feel like the, the so many of the takes I'm saying are like, are seeing are like, oh, Lizzo, no, we trusted you. We had so much faith in you and we can't believe that you would like fat shame your own dancer. And I'm just not, I'm not ready to assume that that's what's happening based on the many articles I've read. It sounds to me like not to skip to the, to the conclusion here, but I will tell you what, based on what I've read, and obviously I wasn't there, But based on what I've read, it sounds to me like Lizzo is not a good CEO. She is not a good people manager. She is like she has not yet acquired this skill and perfected this skill 
of managing people, managing people in stressful situations, dealing with, you know, the hiring, the, the firing in ways that are professional, remaining professional. It To me, it sounds like she is bad at all of that. And by the way, that's bad, right? And you can sue someone for being bad at all of those things. I'm not saying people should not, people shouldn't be bringing these suits, but that is mostly my takeaway. Like she has got to get better at the business of managing a business, okay? And a lot of people are bad at that. There are people who are bad at that, who are managing small paper copying businesses, okay? And she is managing a multi-million dollar global business seen by the world at all times, right? So she's bad at it. But there are a lot of people who are bad at it. <laughs> like, and, and so like, mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm not ready based on what I'm reading to assume that like everything that she has stood on, this platform she has built that we need to throw out. It, like, it doesn't read that way to me. It reads as someone who like desperately needs to get better at the business of managing or needs to outsource it to people who are better at it than she is. But it doesn't read as someone who's like, everything that she's been selling to us for the last, you know, seven years is a lie. I don't know that I'm just, I don't know that I've got enough here to conclude that. And it feels like so many people feel like they have enough to conclude that. And I'm like, am I the problem? Like, am I, like, am I giving her too big of a benefit of the doubt here? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> KJ. Oh. <laughs> uh. I don't think you're the problem. I, of course, I don't think you're the problem. Um, but I you think it might I be wonder, worse than that. It might well, be worse than that. Well, I don't that. know. I just wonder if this is like a hurt people, hurt people type thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she's probably had this same issue thrown in her face all the time. And whether she wants to overcome it or not, it's coming out in the way she treats folks. I mean, I certainly think like there's lessons to learn with respect to this dance captain. This dance captain sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Which we haven't even gotten into everything with on her and I, I know, agree. I know. I mean, I, the whole like, yeah, don't you dare have premarital sex. But by the way, I fantasize about 10 penises in my face is like right. the most insane thing I've ever heard. Right, right. So it sounds like she needed to go. And to the extent Lizzo you know, knew about her dance captain being horrible. Like, that's a management failure. But that's not as, like, I don't know if I would cancel, like, Lizzo for it. By the way, is, is, are we can- are people canceling her? Well, it, to me, it sounds like people are right on that precipice. Like, I don't think she's been canceled yet, but it sounds like everyone's standing at the edge of the diving board ready to jump in. That's That's the vibe I'm getting, and I'm not there yet I don't know that I feel like these claims have gotten me to that point just yet which speaking of I mean we should get to the rest of these claims there's so many claims I mean we've been talking about this now for an hour we haven't even gotten to all the claims speed speed round okay here we go speed round all right so the religious harassment this is entirely to do with this dance captain Sherlyn Quigley Basically, the suit alleges she pushed her Christian beliefs upon other performers and denigrated those who had premarital sex, which obviously not ideal, but also not really on Lizzo. However, as the suit says, like she should have prevented the religious harassment. Okay, so that's that. Then our remaining complaints, disability discrimination and false imprisonment. 
Now, I think these two are essentially related because Davis, who she seems to be brought up the most out of anyone in this suit, um, she secretly recorded a group meeting Lizzo was having with her dancers. However, she maintains that she had to do this because, quote, this is from Washington Post, she suffered from an eye condition that sometimes left her disoriented in stressful situations. And she wanted to be able to review Lizzo's dance notes for later. Okay. Well, Lizzo's team found out about the secret recording. Um, and when they found out that it was her and that she had done it, they fired her on the spot and then detained her until she proved the video had been deleted from her phone. So I think, you know, she's saying one, she has this disability, um, this eye condition, and they're discriminating against her by firing her because she had to record this meeting in order, you know, to overcome this condition. And two, they falsely imprisoned her because they detained her until she deleted the video from her phone. Thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. Okay. So if they were in California when this was happening, like she definitely, Ariana Davis was not, that's a two-party consent state for recording. So she, you can't secretly record someone in California. Um, granted, they could have been rehearsing anywhere. And there are other states where you'll need one-party one consent. So if they were rehearsing in Texas, like Ariana can record that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think like, but that doesn't mean it's okay to then keep someone in a room until they delete it. Like, I, mm -hmm. I do think the false imprisonment, I guess, might have legs. I really have not thought about that claim since the bar. So I don't, since taking the bar. <laughs> so I really don't remember what you need to show for that. Um, uh, I don't know if this dis if this is the disability discrimination. Like, typically, if you have a disability you need to inform your employer and request a reasonable accommodation. Right. And then the employer needs to consider whether they, whether they can give you one. Right. Like saying I have an eye condition that makes me stressed and I can't see, so I want to be able to record. Like that to me would sound like something that the employer would have to comply with because that feels reasonable. Right. <laughs> um, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't sound like she went through that right. process. It, it definitely does not sound like she went through that process. And uh, to me, this one read as, I mean, I don't know about the the detaining of the person but the thing is like it's not just that the, the, the two-party consent this is also a business meeting and so most mm. businesses do require that you sign some sort of like proprietary information act some sort of like confidentiality sort of agreement and so you can't actually just be recording willy-nilly business meetings like of your own accord and so i can understand why if i found out you know in the spur of the moment that you secretly recorded because again and I think secretly record, like, I think they admit in the suit, like, she didn't tell anybody she was recording this meeting. Okay. It's not like she was like, hey, guys, I'm recording this because of my disability. So she did it secretly. And I can understand why if someone secretly recorded a meeting I was having with them and I found out, my assumption would be this is being done for, you know. A reason to, uh, yeah, to disclose like, the information. Yeah. Exactly. Like, because otherwise, why wouldn't you disclose it? Um, and so I would feel well within my rights to to let you go um, and to demand that you get rid of the recording that was not, you know, lawfully obtained. And I don't know if I'd feel well within my rights to detain you and like lock you in a room until it happens, right. but I certainly would feel within my rights to demand that you do it. Um, so yeah, I think that's right. That, that makes sense. You definitely, 
Yeah, you definitely could fire someone if you think that they're taking company information. And then once you fire some someone, it is as or just separate for any old reason. It's definitely as a matter of course, you say now you need to destroy all company property you have, including right. confidential information you might have access to. Right. In that's intangible form. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So this one to me felt, again, like not something that I would say I'm going to cancel Lizzo over. Like to me, it seems somewhat reasonable. Now, I, I can't speak to how, how she handled it. Right. Because yeah. part of what they say in the lawsuit is like she was be, she was berating this woman when she found out about the lawsuit and like cursing her out. And then one of the other plaintiffs like said to Lizzo, like, I have an issue with how you handled this. I'm going to resign. And Lizzo responded by, quote, cracking her knuckles, bawling her fists and saying, bye, bitch, (laughs) to the girl. So like being very aggressive in her face. Now, I cannot condone all that, okay, if that is true. But I can understand saying like, you no longer need to work here. And if you have a problem with me firing someone who's broken the rules and or the law, I'm okay with you leaving too, right? Like, so I just... What all of this amounts to, we may have skipped one or two things, but I think we got the big ones here. Yeah. What all yeah. of this amounts to for me is I don't necessarily see this adding up to me feeling like it's time to cancel Lizzo. One, it feels like we probably need a little bit more info, but two, it feels like we need Lizzo to take accountability for the things that she clearly has done poorly because there are a number of things she clearly has done poorly. But like, that is part of figuring out how to successfully run a business. And not everyone has like the best advisors in this, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I'm not ready to cancel Lizzo over this. I'm just not. The thing is, I don't know how much more information you're going to get. I don't know either. I don't know either. I might not get any more. I mean, certainly there has not been a statement from Lizzo or her team yet. Right. So we will presumably get one soon. And to your point, I think the only statement that will go over well is one where she does take accountability for some of these really obviously wrong choices. I'm, I'm conflicted in general. Part of me wonders, like, it is so hard to bring these suits, right, because of the fear of being blacklisted. As we discussed, there aren't that many opportunities. Like, do these people, like, really want to put themselves out there as you know, people to be worried about as an employer, given how few opportunities there are. On the other hand, I wonder, maybe they got fired from these or had to leave this position and there literally aren't any other options Mm -hmm. as, you know, as a plus size dancer. Like there's Mm -hmm. none. So milk what you can get and sue Mm -hmm. right now. Because these are salacious enough and you can most instances – celebrities will want to settle you know they're like not everyone is johnny depp and amber heard like looking to put all their shit out there right Right. so most likely like you will get a settlement so i i it's hard for me to know which one of these things is the case and i also think about the fact that like you know some of the people who have commented on my on my tiktok at least one or two of the people said like what i'm hoping is that this brings more attention to the way dancers are treated in, in these environments. And I totally think that's fair. I, I don't know how pervasive some of this treatment is, but I imagine some of it is fairly pervasive, right? Like, 
and that you you are taking bigger risks in environments like that where you're working with a celebrity who has all of the power and all of the fame and you have everything to lose and they have nothing to lose, right? Or no, I mean, I guess a celebrity has a lot to lose, but you know, there is certainly a power imbalance, right? Um, and so maybe it's worth it for all of this to be coming to light and, 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 and rolling out this way because maybe it will make other artists also look at the way they're treating their dancers and their their tour staff and crew um, and do things a bit differently. I just, you know, I there's there's a, um, a creator I follow on TikTok. Uh, she goes by Culture Work. That's her that's mm-hmm. her handle, um, who I just think is like fantastic. She, she might also be a lawyer, honestly. Um, she's always doing legal oh, takes. Oh, the great ones are. The, the great <laughs> ones are. Um, but she's really fantastic. I, I encourage everyone to to follow her. She made a post um, saying, because I don't know if you saw, after these allegations came out, someone who was previously a tour, I guess a tour director or a, no, a documentary director for Lizzo mm-hmm. came out and like said like, I also struggled with Lizzo because she was unkind she was rude she was disrespectful she was mean she was whatever right and all of these things and and culture work came out with a post and said Lizzo's allowed to be unkind and she's allowed to be mean and she's allowed to be rude and she's allowed to be disrespectful like she's allowed to be those things without it you know rising to the level of a lawsuit or without it meaning that you've been discriminated against. Not everyone has to be humble, not everyone has to be kind, right? And that resonated with me, not because I think I want everyone to run around being rude and mean to everyone, but because I do just wonder how much of what she's doing is everybody out here doing? Mm-hmm. And 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 should she be the one to fall for it, right? Like, I have to imagine that Drake goes to the strip club every night after his <laughs> tour, okay? Drake and Wayne and, you know, uh, Future and 21 Savage and these rock stars too, who I can't name because I don't listen to their music, but I'm guessing that they do too, right? So I, it's not, and I'm, I guess like, I don't want to be saying like, I think it's fine because everyone's doing it, but I also do want to be saying like, how much of this is being leveled at Lizzo because it's Lizzo? Because people are like oh, like totally. waiting for her downfall, right? And feel like she's someone that we can sort of pick off. I, I just, I want the best for everyone. I want dancers to be treated well. I, I don't want anyone to be in a hostile work environment. But I also just don't know that Lizzo should be the one to take the fall for something that I'm assuming is very pervasive in this industry. But to be fair, some of this, not necessarily the strip club piece, but some of this, like the reason why it is as salacious as it is or why people are are having as big of a reaction to it as they are is because of the hypocrisy that it would mean if it were true. And that hypocrisy wouldn't exist with any of these other artists. Mm-hmm. Right. Not necessarily the sexual harassment stuff, but like mm-hmm, the fat shaming, mm-hmm. which is why everyone's aver- why everyone is like attaching to that allegation, even though it's like unclear how much how right. much meat there is to it. But right. people are talking about it so much because she's supposed to be a role model for you know people who are trying to 
see themselves as special and you know despite their circumstances you know that's what's that's what's so hard i like i don't yeah i don't know how much of this suit has legs and i do think it'll probably get settled um i think lizzo can come out from it without being totally canceled if she has the right response yeah um but i don't think this is entirely a circumstance in which it's like we're just taking advantage or attacking like the woman or the woman of color like i don't i don't think you can deny that that's a part of it but i think so much of it is that like people are idolizing this woman thinking that she is that she is kind to everyone mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, that she does mm-hmm. want everyone to feel like worthy and generally you don't think that someone who is unkind is going to make people feel worthy right like you think that someone who is kind is mm-hmm. so there's just like this yeah I think the hard thing is like we're confronting, we're questioning the reality of what has made her so popular, right? Like that's what has driven her celebrity is like the things that we think she stands for, right? Right. She has a great voice. She's a great musician, right? She's a trained flatist. All those things are great. She can dance really well, but also we love her because of the message she stands for. And then the question is like, does she really stand for any of that? Yeah, it's fair. That's completely fair. And, I mean, I hope the answer is yes, she does. Yeah. And I hope the answer is she is willing to learn and do better. And I guess we're we're going to have to see, you know. Mm-hmm. But I really hope that she is because I guess, and this is my bias, as a black woman running a company who has faced a lot of, you know, just like difficult situations and times where I feel like I wasn't given the benefit of the doubt when my intention was good, but maybe my execution was bad um, and certainly wasn't given as many chances as the average white male executive to get things right. So of course I'm biased here, but I just would hate to see someone who I have looked up to get dragged down for a lot of, to me, what sounds like things she, she can learn from and get better from it. Like it, they don't feel irreversible. It doesn't feel like we've reached the point of no return to me. But, you know, that's just based on what I've what I've read, what I've seen, and there, there might be much, much more. Like way more could come out in the next 24, 48 hours, right? We're, we've only had these allegations now for a day and a half. Like who knows what could come out of the woodwork and we could be listening to this episode in a week and I could be thinking like, fuck, that, I had the exact, the exact wrong take. <laughs> we got to take this episode down. You know, but like from what I've seen and what I've read, I don't feel like she's past the point of redemption. I really don't. And I and I really hope she's not. All right. Well, we will see. And I will just say, because, you you know, I did not provide everyone with a disclaimer to begin with. I did not give you any legal advice, listeners. OK, just <laughs> just to be clear, we do not have an attorney client relationship and nothing I said is legal advice. I don't know if any of it's right. we're gonna we're gonna be in the news next i got (laughs) i was told (laughs) by attorney daniela dektar mccarthy Mm. yeah um no this is not legal advice and also we didn't add the disclaimer that none of these opinions are our companies so that's true but we also didn't shout out our companies yet that's true you have no idea who we are or who we work for (laughs) nameless 
right. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Not another business podcast after dark. Well, theme song. N-A-B-P after dark. Yeah, yeah.